Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This call is being recorded. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia China, and I am kicking off Super Bowl week. It is Super Bowl week here on today's show, and I can't think of a better way to start Super Bowl week than to have a giant Super Bowl legend, a guy who was very instrumental in the Super Bowl victories of the Giants, in particular Super Bowl 25. And he is cornerback Mark Collins. He joins me here on the Lachlan Giants podcast, 30th anniversary of the Giants Super Bowl 25 victory. Mark, welcome to the program. Patricia, thanks for having me and I appreciate it. Thank you. Not a problem, Mark. And, you know, look, there's so many memories. I I can remember being a young fan in the stand. I remember the wide right kick by Norwood. I I just remember. (laughs) But, but, you know, I spoke to you, um, I guess it was last year or a year and a half ago for my book, Mm -hmm. 50, and we talked about your underrated role in that victory and how you absolutely did a number on the Bills receivers. And and I'm just surprised more people don't talk about that. Well, that's and that's okay. I mean, we, I, I just and uh, the rest of the secondary, we just did our jobs, you know. And historically, you know, you know the line: the Giants were known for their linebackers, and and that's okay. You know, a lot of the guys in the secondary didn't really care for the uh, the notoriety, and uh, you know, corner and defensive back. If you get too much recognition, especially on the negative side, you won't have a job. But we just went and did our jobs, and that was it. We didn't worry about all the, the uh, the other things. And and I would like to say that the the less my name was mentioned, that means uh, the guy who I was covering wasn't wasn't catching the ball much. So it worked out well. Yes, it did. I mean, you you basically stifled not just uh, uh, Andre um, Andre Reed. You also stifled in the playoff game leading up to that Jerry Rice. You're talking Hall of Fame receivers there, and and just something that doesn't get mentioned a lot. But Mark, let's kind of backtrack a little bit because if I, as I recall, that Giants team of 1990, they weren't even supposed to be in the Super Bowl. I believe I remember reading. <laughs> that the 49ers had booked their piano player, that they had given instructions for the hotel. And along come the Giants. Nobody thought much of them. And you guys played the role of spoilers. I mean, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, what happened, you know, of course, everybody's talking about three Pete and the, the 49ers were, were talking about it. That's all we heard, you know, going into the playoffs. And, you know, prior to that, you know, I think we were we weren't we were not picked uh, – to go to the Super Bowl in every periodical in the country, and we 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 knew we were a good team. We should have we should have gotten there in '89. Uh, you know, we we lost to the Rams uh, in the playoffs. We had a good team then, and we knew we could bounce back and and do it in 1990. But um, yeah, the the 49ers they they great team. You know, they had a good run. You know, two times in a row win the Super Bowl, and they were talking three peat and. And we heard, you know, of course, after we beat the Bears and going to San Francisco, that they already planned, uh, you know, their trip to Tampa already. And they said the piano player, did, uh, they, Huey Lewis and the News already made reservations to do the national anthem and stuff down there. And those guys are ready to go. And, but one thing that San Francisco forgot, and every Giant fan and every player in that locker room in the 1990 team knew, that 
we were better than the 49ers. And the 49ers knew that we were better than them. So uh, this, to go out there to beat San Francisco in San Francisco in the NFC championship game was no surprise to us. And honestly, I think it was no surprise to San Francisco either. No, I mean, it, it, it was quite the game. And I remember, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't you guys fly directly from San Francisco down to Tampa? Yeah. Uh, after we beat Chicago, uh, the next day, uh, Bill Parcells came in. He had a, he had a suitcase. And he put it on the, on the table. He goes, hey, listen, guys, pack for two weeks. I'm going to pack for two weeks. And, you know, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm packing for two weeks. And the way he said it, uh, the confidence in when, when he said it, that that resonated not only through our meeting room, but through the whole organization. We packed for two weeks because we knew we could do it because that coach that we had, Parcells, knew that we could do it. And we flew out there and we, we beat San Francisco and we flew from San Fran to Tampa. And that plane trip... I, during the whole, even it started in like 1988, 89, I started taking my camcorder to video all our road trips on the plane. And that trip from San Fran to Tampa, I took my camcorder and I videotaped a lot of the conversations you saw on the Giants uh, videos. That was my, my camera work. I was doing that kind of stuff. It was fun. We had so much fun. That was a hell of a plane ride. It was great. <laughs> I bet it was. And Mark, let me backtrack a little bit because you were also on the Giants' 86 Super Bowl team. Yes. How was the 90 team different from that 86 team? Well, the 86 team, we were supposed to be there. Uh, a lot of uh, periodicals picked us uh, to go and do the Super Bowl and win it. And we did. Uh, our 1990 team, as I said earlier, we weren't picked to win it, but we did. The difference in the teams were, uh, gosh, that 86 team, we we were solid. Um, and coming in as a rookie, starting 10 games on that team, on that defense, and playing in every game but one, we, we, we were really, really good. Uh, from leadership, Harry Carson, George Martin. We were just overall solid. Um, on our ninety team, man, we we were we were uh, that defense. We were ranked number one, or number two that year in eighty six. Our nineteen ninety defense, we were ranked number one in the NFL. We we were really really physical. That ninety team, we used to we used to. I mean, it's not. I don't want to get too excited, but we used to really just out physical and take the hearts away from our, our opponent. I think we knocked out four or five, maybe six quarterbacks. <laughs> we, we were, we were nasty and playing within the confines of the rules, but we were physically nasty. And we, we took a lot of, we, we took their manhood away <laughs> and it, it was awesome. I bet. And um, I remember uh, when I was doing my research on that particular game, Coach Belichick came up with a very uh, different perspective, a different way to attack the Bills. And uh, which, you know, you go back and you look, it was genius. 
and that he wanted to take away, I, I guess, the, the the passing game. I mean, I'll let you tell the story because you, you were obviously in the meeting room. Tell me what you thought of that game plan when you first heard it and then as you saw it unfold. Well, I tell you, Patricia, what happened when we, when we got to Tampa, well, we played Buffalo earlier in the season. And we lost, I think it was 21-17 or something like that. And our preparation for uh, Buffalo, the first time we played them in the regular season, we tried to watch cut-ups of the Buffalo offense. And we did that. And as you know, they ran this no-huddle offense. So it was hard to watch a cut-up of the offense because you don't get the, the actual timing, how, how the, the, the play is going to work out. You know, the time I'm getting your calls and all the stuff like that. Well, we get to Tampa and Bill Belichick, the genius that he is, instead of watching, doing film study, the cutups of the offense, offensive plays, we watched the actual footage of NBC's coverage of the game with Dick Emberg and all who the color commentator was. But we watched the actual video of it the uh, airing of it on ABC sports on the, on the, on the big old screen TV in our, in our uh, meeting room, hotel room in Tampa. And I didn't get it at first until he got up and said, he goes, okay, watch, watch the actual timing of it. Even though we played Buffalo earlier, watch the actual timing of it. That way we can get our checks and timing to see what, what, see what positions to be in and stuff like that. So we're watching it. And all of a sudden you hear in the room, Strong left, strong right, uh, get all the all the checks when the Buffalo's receivers are moving. So we got our timing down that way. So by the time we got to the field and played Buffalo in the Super Bowl, we were we were not out of place one bit, which was way better than what we did uh, week the well, week we played them early in the season. So that was fantastic. And this and the scheme was, you know two down linemen, linebackers, and a bunch of DBs. And he he wanted to – he told us that for us to even give us a great opportunity to win, we have let Thurman Thomas run the ball. Well, Carl Banks and Lawrence Taylor and everybody was – they were pissed because, you know, we're number one defense in the NFL. And no one's going to run on us. So – but as, you know, we started listening to the game plan and what he wanted to do, it made sense. And his thing was, let him run. But when the receivers catch the ball, they just punish the hell out of them. Well, okay, that's what we did. And it worked out perfectly. So perfectly that that his game plan is in the uh, the National Football League Hall of Fame. Great, great game plan. You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Train and special guest Mark Collins, who is a cornerback for the New York Giants Back in the 1980s, uh, early 1990s, Super Bowl 25 hero. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, more after this. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and the NFL has some big matchups coming up as the 2020 regular season comes to a close and the playoff picture becomes clearer. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. 
Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trainer, host of the Locked On Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants Segment 2, Patricia Trainer, and I'm joined by Mark Collins. He is a cornerback, used to play for the New York Giants back in the day, was on the 1990 Super Bowl team, Super Bowl 25, that championship team, and they recently celebrated their 30th anniversary of winning that big game against the Buffalo Bills. And uh, before we continue our interview with Mark Collins, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, which is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your days with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes, subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And Mark, just continuing uh, from that last thought and at the end of segment one, I, I remember that game. I remember how Thurman Thomas ran for something like over 140 yards and um, – the Buffalo receivers and Jim Kelly, as I recall, they were absolutely flustered and frustrated by the defensive game plan that you guys rolled out that afternoon. Yeah, and, and Buffalo, Buffalo didn't they, don't, they didn't want to run the ball. We made Buffalo do something they didn't want to do. And whenever you can make a team do something that they really don't want to do, you pretty much got them. And to, to keep Buffalo to 19 points, and they let the – NFL, I think, in scoring that year, they played. We we played Giants football. We made them play our game, and I must and I I to give the offense, you know, a tip of the cap as well, keeping the ball for almost forty over forty minutes. That's awesome because that played right into what we wanted to do defensively. It's perfect. Now, Mark, let's talk a little bit about kind of the behind the scenes stuff. And by that, I mean, you know, you're traveling to Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl. You have that camaraderie. I mean, it's probably at an all time high at this point in the year because you spent all season long with these guys. What are some of the stories you remember, some fun things that maybe you remember leading up to the game to help you guys stay loose, but yet focused? Well, you know, we were always loose. I mean, this goes back to 88, 89. You know, we, even some of the 86, we had a good nucleus of the guys still there from 86. So the camaraderie was always there. Uh, we always kept things light, uh, especially some of the fun time, the best times that I've had. And uh, yeah, some of the other guys on the team, team stretch was always the best because team stretch before practice, you, you hear stories <laughs> of stuff that happened the night before you know, or two nights before, whatever. It just, it was fun. It was funny. You, you, you find out who the comedians are. 
the funny guys. It's, it's just great stuff. What I've done uh, pretty much since 88, my first was 86, uh, I've always taken the DBs, defensive backs out for uh, DB night. So every Thursday was DB night. And we, that really took off 88, 89, especially 90. Every Thursday night, the DBs, we go to dinner. Uh, we have a few cold ones. We pick a restaurant in the city or in New Jersey, and we go hang out. And we, we just, uh, you know, have a good time. And then we talk about, you know, our opponent, what we gonna, what we got to do. And stuff like that happens. And, and, and every now and then, the linebackers will try to crash our party. And you, you got Lawrence Taylor and Banks and Pepper and Gary, you know, they you let them come in, you know. <laughs> but we were we were we were so good. We had a great time. It was awesome. It was awesome. What's the feeling like before such a big game? I mean, I gotta imagine it's like an eerie calm, but maybe some guys are kind of ju- juiced up. I mean, I, you got a collection, I guess, in the locker room. So, what's it like? We we try to keep everything as normal as possible. Uh, just like just, you keep it as another game. It's a regular season game, but you know it's not. But you try to keep it as close to being normal as possible, even to the point where I'm superstitious. I I, I try to keep my week the same. I'll drink my beer on Thursday, go out and have a good time on Thursday. Friday, you dry out a little bit. Saturday, you focus even more on the game. Uh, we all we try to do that as much as possible. Um, but you know it's, it's the biggest game that you ever play in because the Super Bowl is the ultimate win and, quite conversely, it's the ultimate loss. And it's hard to match it. So you try to keep things in perspective where don't let the game consume you. You just play your game because everything you do is, is magnified by a 1,000. You know, if you get beat for a touchdown or whatever, miss a tackle – in a regular season, it's not that big of a deal. On the Super Bowl, everybody sees it. So you just keep you keep things in check and never do just do the things you did to get you there. And that's what we did. And you know, and it worked out well for us. It just worked out well. Now you played that Super Bowl at a time, I think Operation, I think it was Desert Storm was just starting yeah. up. So this, the country was on high alert. There was a, a big wave of patriotism and whatnot. How did that kind of, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, obviously, you want to keep distractions out, but that was one distraction, obviously, that nobody, I think, could ignore at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. how did that kind of play into it? Did Coach Parcells have messages for you, or how did you guys kind of, you know, work with that going on in, at the same time? Well, I'm, I'm sure if you guys, other players, everybody reacted differently to it, but I know myself, I, I was um, I was a little perplexed because I'm going, man, this is, this, is, this is some heavy stuff, you know. This is, you know, they always say the, the perfect time to bomb the U.S. is during the Super Bowl because they usually say no one's it's manning the stations. But uh, after we beat Chicago, I'm going to tell you a story and I'll get back to it. It will lead up to your question. After we played Chicago and we practiced and then we, we – take the bus, going to Newark airport, and we board the plane. And I'm always sitting in the same seat. Like I said, I'm, I'm superstitious, but I went on the right side. And we take off. We're going to San Francisco, and I'm, and I'm thinking about, you know, 
the game plan, and I'm thinking about the Gulf War. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I look on the, on the right side of the plane. There's an F-14 following us, you know, to San Francisco. <laughs> so I'm going, whoa, oh, okay. Wow, okay. So we're being escorted to San Fran. We be San Francisco, and sure enough, we're partying and everything. And lo and behold, we board the plane, and I'm excited, still filming and everything, and take some time to sit back. It's dark now, but we're going to the East Coast. Sure enough, we're going to the same seat. I look outside. There's a plane, the F-14, escorting us out to San, to uh, Tampa. I'm going, you know what? What am I worried about? You know, we're, we're protected by the best military, the only second of God <laughs> going to play Tampa. I'm not worried about anything. And, and then at that time only, I really focused in on the Buffalo Bills and doing what I had to do because I'm going, hey, we're protected by the, the best military in the world. That's second to God that's protecting us. So everything else is out of my hands. I'm going to do and play the way I know how. And I think the, the team did the same thing. So we were fine. But um, that was, that was, a, it was, it was a moment where you, re, I reflect on it then and now. And I think that helped us to calm, it calmed us down, you know, to go do what we had to do. Wow, that's quite a story. That, I, I would think that would be scary. You see a military jet flying alongside your charter jet, and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Hey, they're protecting us, Patricia. Man. <laughs> I, well, that's good. I was okay. That's I was good. Okay with it. Yeah, because I mean, usually when a when a military jet is flying alongside of a plane, it usually means that the plane has gone off course or you know is doing its own thing. So thank goodness they they protected you guys. Because yeah, well, we had, had our own plane, so I'm pretty sure they knew we were okay. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Now, now, just getting back to um, to the game itself, pregame. Whitney Houston. Oh my God! Did you yeah. not have chills down your your spine when you heard that rendition of the of the anthem? Yeah, that was that was awesome because um, you know you you you're thinking about the game, and then you do the they do the national anthem and Whitney Houston, and I think I was on the uh, I was on the right side probably around on a 40-yard line. And to hear her sing that, the national anthem, and how she looked when she did it, and how she sounded as she did it, it made you really take a step back and go, man, you know what? This is what it's all about. The pride of being an American. The pride of the, the, where we're at. Super Bowl, the biggest platform. This is what it's about, and and she hit every note. It was the, it was it was the greatest thing, and I, 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 I'm proud to be associated with that event and what it meant, and to play the game. It, it was it was fantastic. It was awesome. You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Train and special guest Mark Collins, who was a cornerback for the New York Giants back in the 1980s, uh, early 1990s, Super Bowl 25 hero. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, more after this. 
With the ever-increasing number of auto makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the counterperson to order the parts on a computer, usually choosing the brands that the store happens to prefer? Instead, take your search for your auto parts to rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all your auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Have you tried the all new and improved Built Bar? If not, you're missing out on one of the industry's healthiest and tastiest snack treats that's loaded with protein and low on sugar. With 18 different flavors, including nut and non-nut variety, you'll enjoy healthy snacks covered in 100% chocolate that's soft and easy to chew and, most importantly, great for the health conscious. Built Bars are great for folks on the keto diet and include protein and fiber nutrients you need without the exorbitant calories. And use the code LOCKEDON at checkout to save $10 off your next purchase. Visit BuiltBar.com to check out their amazing offering of flavors and put your customized box together. And don't forget, use the code LOCKEDON at checkout to save $10 off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I am joined by Mark Collins, one of the Super Bowl heroes of the Giants' Super Bowl 25 win over the Buffalo Bills way back when in 1991, capping the 1990 season. And uh, recently, that team celebrated the 30th anniversary of that victory. That was, of course, the game in which Scott Norwood had the wide right kick. And uh, what a moment. I remember being in the stands there and just kind of, you know, covering my eyes and, and you know, just the whole experience of, of you know, the anticipation and whatnot. But uh, before we get into more with our talk with Mark Collins, 2020 is mercifully over and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcasts. 
And let's now continue uh, our interview with Mark Collins, who has been kind enough to spend some time with us sharing his memory of that week, of that day, of that season. And what was it like on the sideline when Norwood lines up for that field goal attempt and then misses it? Well, I was I was one of the guys who uh, I started the, the kneeling, turning my back to the field goal kicker. I started that in San Francisco. And then... Everson Walls come over, Greg Jackson, all the guys come over. And when he when 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 we made it in San Fran, when Matt made it in San Francisco, I did it again because I'm not I'm not on field goal block. So I went to the same area of the bench in Tampa and did the same thing when Norwood did it. And the same thing happened. And I said, well, if it worked in San Fran, it'll work again. Like I said, I'm superstitious. And it worked out again perfectly. So I didn't see the kick. I, I could tell by the crowd that he missed it because I saw looking at the Giants fans. They jumped up, and I knew we that we won. I'll tell you a quick story, Patricia. I'll go back a little bit. Uh, Matt Barr uh, did an event for a military uh, base somewhere in Jersey. I forget which one. Anyway, so Matt comes into the locker room with uh, yellow wristbands. And he presented to the, told the team, hey, guys, let's wear these wristbands uh, for the troops. And everybody goes, oh, cool, great. Okay, so we put them on. And we were the only team in the playoffs, AFC or NFC, who saluted the troops by wearing, uh, honoring the troops by wearing the yellow wristbands. And we were the only team that won the Super Bowl because I tend to think, like, you know, we're the only team that won because I think because, yeah, we were good, but we supported the military by one of those yellow bands. I, I, I think that has something to do with it as well. So That's funny. And, you know, it's when you were telling the story about how you weren't watching, I remember I was in the stands for that game and I didn't watch either. I just kind of, I had an aisle seat and I, I remember getting in the aisle and I crouched down and I'm going, I can't look, I can't look. And I was at the game with my brother and I uh-huh. said, tell me who wins. And he says, just look at the crowd. He says, there's a group of giant fans <laughs> right across the field there. So I said, okay. So I didn't watch the actual kick. I watched that group of giant fans. And when I saw them jump up, I said, he missed, he missed. You knew and, my it, brother's yeah. like, and my brother's like, yeah, wide, right, wide, right. And I was like, oh my God. You know, so it was, it was just an amazing, <laughs> amazing experience. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, back then I was what in my, I had to be in my early twenties. And at the time, uh-huh. you know, after all it took to get to that Super Bowl. I mean, that in itself is a whole story. What it took me to get to that Super Bowl, all the hoops <laughs> I had to jump through. But I was glad to be a part of that because it was just an amazing, amazing game. And then to learn about it years later by talking to you and some of your teammates for the book. I mean, just incredible. Now, Mark, you went on to the Kansas City Chiefs after the Giants. Aww. Yes. Um, and of course, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl uh, this this uh, year. I don't know how much you've kept up with watching them and whatnot, but um, how do you like their chances uh, in in this game? Well, in, in full disclosure, I'm I'm part of the Chiefs organization. Uh, I'm a Chiefs ambassador, mm-hmm. and what we do as a Chiefs ambassador, we do a lot of community work, and we have access to the team. Uh, three years ago, Patrick Mahomes' first year, the Chiefs invited me to come speak to their rookie class about, you know, being a professional and stuff like that. Tell stories about 
playing in the NFL. And I got a chance to talk to those guys and Patrick Mahomes personally as well, telling them what to do in the community, that kind of stuff. And I know his agent very well, Lee Steinberg. But uh, so I'm still uh, I'm connected with, with the team. And I got a ring last year, and I hopefully I get another ring this year. But um, they, they're good. They're real good. And I'll tell you why they're good, because the players get it. Um, Andy Reid's a fantastic coach. And you can only be as good as your surrounding cast. And Andy has surrounded himself with some great coaches. And he has the backing of the organization, the ownership, that allows him to do that. Uh, and it, it's just wonderful. So watching the, watching uh, those, those guys, Patrick, and his rookie class and the organization, how they started and what they're doing now, they, they, they're they good. And I think they got a good shot of doing it again in Tampa. Um, I have no disrespect to Tom Brady's what he did, and that's fantastic in itself. But, man, it's going to be a good game, and I hope the Chiefs do come out on top. I think it's going to be a good one too. And, you know, you mentioned Tom Brady. Are you just, I mean, that's unheard of, I would think for a quarterback to, to, to do what he's doing for as long and at such a high level. I mean, back in the day, a kicker and a punter, no problem because those guys, if you listen to Parcells, didn't Parcells used to say those guys weren't football players or something like that. I, yeah, I don't want to yeah. miss the <laughs> but, yeah. but a quarterback, I mean, for especially you think about all the hits and the injuries and everything like that. I mean, does Brady just, he defies logic, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, but, but no disrespect to Tom and Drew Brees and those guys who played 15 plus years. The rules help those guys out a lot. You can't hit the quarterback like you used to back in the 80s and 90s because if those guys were playing back in the 80s and 90s, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady wouldn't be playing right now at 43 because they're protecting the quarterback now because of, number one, financially, they make a lot of money, and two, a lot of the fans don't want to see the backup quarterback play. I get it, but for what he's done at this higher level, it's, it's, I think it's wonderful. Uh, so, you know, kudos to him to, to take – uh, two different uh, organizations to a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's great. One in the AFC, one in the NFC. I don't think that's ever been done before. So that that's, that's something in itself. And I think, you know, if, uh, you know, there was a joke r- – running around that if the uh, Chiefs wanted to beat Brady, they have to call Eli Manning out of retirement since he's done <laughs> it twice. Although technically, you know, Eli didn't beat Brady. The Giants defense did. Let's let's call it for what it is. And, but, and Patricia, who is the defensive coordinator of the Kansas Steve City Spagnolo. Chiefs? Steve uh-huh. Spagnuolo. <laughs> yes. So, there's a blueprint there. Yes, there is. And he, if anybody knows how to get to Brady, it's Spags, a great guy. Yeah. I'm so happy he, he was able to land on his feet with Andy Reid, who, who I think gave him his start, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was yeah. Andy's linebacker's coach in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, so. but Mark, this has been great going down memory lane. Before we uh, sign off, let people know what else you got going on, where to find you on social media, anything you want to talk about. Sure. Well, I own a sports recruiting company called, uh, we do high school recruiting called 25 Sports. That's 2FIVESports.com. And what we do is we give student athletes the platform to gain exposure for sports scholarships, um, girls and boys sports. Um, and we get in that platform to get exposure to get sports scholarships. 
And it's fantastic. We work with so far uh, 11 school districts nationwide. And we don't rate players. We don't do all that stuff. We just give them a platform so they can put their bio together. Bio together, and colleges will look for them based on the criteria the colleges set: um, GPA, position, sport, that kind of stuff. And we just bring them together. We're just a facilitator. We don't rate them or rank them. We just bring them together. And then, uh, if the college like what they see, uh, the college will contact them. And it's been great. And we don't not a five star whatever. Anybody who's playing sports from the backup um, quarterback on the football team to the backup catcher on the women's softball team, we just give those those players the opportunity because everybody just wants that opportunity. I, I was not a highly recruited player, and the bigger schools didn't want me, and I went to Cal State Fullerton, uh, and I think everything worked out well for me. I'm just giving – those kids opportunity to do the same thing. So I can be found on uh, Facebook, Mark Collins senior on Twitter, Instagram at the number two F I V E sports, two, five sports. I always follow back and I always like to, to talk to fans and if a kid has a question. I try to respond back to him best I can. And uh, I just enjoy what I do. And it shows. And by the way, I, you know, for those, this is obviously a podcast and I'm, I'm looking at you. You don't look like you age one bit. I remember you <laughs> like so well from those days. I mean it. I well, mean it. You know, I, I'm laughing at the senior part. I'm like, senior, come on. Yeah. I got a son in college. He just transferred to Towson university. He's, he's a grad transfer. He's trying to going over there. So I'll be back on the East coast a couple of times, especially if the football season next year, hopefully we have fans in the stands. Mm. I'll, I'll try to make at least two giant games. And uh, I'll coordinate that by going to Giants games and going to uh, Towson University games to see my son play. So, and thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. Well, I mean it. Yeah, you've always been, you know, terrific. I mean, you told some great stories for the book, which I appreciate. And I appreciate the time today. I mean, it was great catching up, obviously, walking down memory lane, like I said. And uh, I wish you continued luck in, in, with 2-5 Sports, named, of course, after your uniform number, 25. Ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right, uh, Giant fans, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to Mark Collins. And we will be back tomorrow with an all-new episode of Locked on Giants.